Welcome to the Lucha Lounge Podcast. I am your host, Elijah Kang, a sound designer by day, but by night, I am a pro wrestling connoisseur, the proud owner of two cats, and the host of this, the Lucha Lounge Podcast. This podcast is all about giving uncommon people a platform to share their ideas and stories with all of you. So thanks for listening. Here we go. The 20th guest on the Lucha Lounge podcast is a singer-songwriter. We talk about how she manages to walk the line between genres, how her writing is a reaction to life experiences, and about crowdsourcing her upcoming full-length album. She also performs a few unreleased songs live in studio. So without any further delay, please welcome my guest, Rory. Boom, and we're live. Rory, singer-songwriter, welcome to the Lucha Lounge podcast. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you. You know, they say when it rains, it pours, right? And like, as of late, it's just been singer-songwriters coming up through <laughs> here, which is a good thing. I love it. You know, I love talking to singer-songwriters. I love talking to creative people. So this is just another chance for me to talk to another musician, another singer-songwriter, and just expand my own horizons about, you know, that world of singer-songwriting. Um yeah, man. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? So I am a singer-songwriter, as you said, <laughs> and I love writing. Essentially, I do pop music, sort of a singer-songwriter-y folk hybrid of genres, and I love telling stories through my music. I'm currently based in Alexandria, Virginia, and play music out in the D.C. area and different places around the East Coast, and Yeah. Yeah, man, as I was doing uh, research on you for the podcast and listening to your music as a recording engineer, I really appreciate the high value of production that all your music has, especially the Thank more you. recent stuff. And um, I was listening back through your catalog, at least on YouTube, and a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, a lot of your stuff was really folky, you know, like yes. a lot of acoustic guitar, a lot of piano and just vocals, very simple textures, very simple production. But now, especially um, the later tracks like uh, Gold and Dawn, yes. these have a little bit more of a indie, I guess, indie pop feel as opposed to a straight ahead folk feel. Yes. So tell me about, I guess, that transition, if you would even call it that. Yeah. It wasn't quite as much of a transition as something that I intentionally wanted to do with that new EP. I had the opportunity to work with a producer who I had actually met way back in high school, and he specializes in the very cinematic style. And sure. I always thought that would be something so cool to explore. So when we collaborated, I specifically chose four songs that I wanted to add a lot more production and really push boundaries and even though when I was working with him, he kept thinking, okay, well, we could make this song sound really folky also because it can kind of go either direction. But I kept saying, oh, no, I want to really try the dark synth and try these things because yeah. it's worth stretching myself to see what it would sound like if, and if it was possible. And so I think that I love the organic piano, vocal, just acoustic guitar. That's how I started. And that's I'll probably always do music like that. Mm -hmm. But um I really wanted to experiment a little bit. And I think the new album that I'm about to record will be a mixture of both. Okay. Uh, not completely in the electropop realm, but not completely in the folk realm, but maybe kind of a combination of the two. Little, little hybrid. Yes, yes. Yeah, man. Um, who is the producer that you worked with? The Don EP, that was Tommy Prophet. He's in Nashville. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you yeah. made the trip out there. Yes, yes. What was that experience like? I have a bunch of friends out in Nashville with studios yeah. and stuff. I've been to Nashville a few times for different projects, and it's wonderful. There's obviously a lot of really creative people there, mm -hmm. and a lot of people have home studios and just a lot going on for sure. Yeah. So it's fun to be in that community. For Describe sure. the process of making this last EP. Well, I wrote the songs by myself in my living room over a period of about a year. And when I was writing these songs, as I was saying before, I was specifically thinking, okay, which songs could be taken in a more cinematic direction? Hmm. So I wrote them by myself. But interestingly enough, I wrote Dawn like, on acoustic guitar. And it was a very acoustic song to start with. But I knew the entire time that I didn't want it to end up that way. Hmm. So when I sent the music to Tommy. We talked about the direction that I wanted to take it. And then I basically drove down there and worked with him for a few days and we uh, created the songs together. So, yeah. Well, I guess, I guess your mentality going into it was, I want this, this type of a feel, you know what I mean? Was there like a difficulty in, in taking that risk, I guess? 
possibly i have to think back because i was so thrilled with how it turned yeah, out yeah, yeah, that sure, I, sure. but when i went into it I, yeah there's there's a risk for sure i really trusted tommy like i love his work it's incredible and mm-hmm. so i knew that and i also have very strong ideas of how i want things to sound and i've had some background in engineering myself just through taking classes and so i i don't just send a track to someone and hope that it comes back the way you right, know i right. love collaborating because right. i think but i think Things are way better when you collaborate with people, of course. So I really wanted to work with him and really wanted his input. And so once we started working together, I had ideas, he had ideas, and then he is brilliant and could help make the entire vision come together. And so... I was very excited with how it turned out. And yeah, I, man. Yeah, it, it, but it's fun. It's it's interesting. You start in the morning and you're like creating something and you're not sure if you really like it. And then you're kind of going back and forth and like, ah, do we do we want it to sound this way? And right, then right. by the afternoon, it's like the song is breathing and it's coming to life. And yeah. There. And that that's one of the things that I guess not too many people understand unless they've been in the studio mm-hmm. and have mm-hmm. gone through that process of making a record um when you get the roughs in sometimes like you lay down basics and you're like yeesh yeah like is that really <laughs> is that really where we want right. to start this isn't the song what yeah. are we doing? Like, and yeah. then it takes you know it really takes a village to bring the the track together sometimes and it is um yeah man it's a it's a really that's why i love making records it's like you never know what you're going to end up with mm-hmm. you know what i mean and especially for you taking such a leap with your style Going from kind of this like acoustic folk style, jumping into this new genre that that you really haven't experimented with, new producer too, mm-hmm. man. That's that's got to be kind of a leap of faith right there. For sure, it's exciting though because I think that's part of the artistic process. Because you can always do a live performance, just you and your instrument, mm. and then there's a whole nother art form that happens in the studio, and I love that. So do those uh, those tracks specifically Dawn and Gold, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do those tracks translate into an acoustic performance? They do. Yes. Yeah. I've done them acoustic a lot. I, I've also done them with the live tracks as mm-hmm. well. Um, but I, I like doing both. I yeah, think. man. I've actually had people who said that they love Dawn in the acoustic guitar and that they wanted an acoustic version. So uh-huh. maybe one day I'll make that happen. Yeah, man. It's really interesting how you mentioned that the collaboration that you did with Tommy was like you wanted to be cinematic. Because each one of your songs has a specific look to it, too. Like when you look on your YouTube page, the videos that you make and the the videos that you produce for each song also have their own yes. unique cinematic feel. And I'm, I'm sure it's intentional. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So what is what is the thought process uh, behind that? Well, that's an interesting point, because actually for this new album, there's going to be 10 songs. And mm-hmm. I have this big, giant private board on Pinterest. Do you know Pinterest? Yeah. And for each song, I have a theme of 10 pins that I've put underneath each song that gives the vibe that I want for that song. And like my a mood idea, board. Yes, it is a mood board. I yeah. love creating mood boards. So, <laughs> so the fact that you said that is so funny because that's exactly how my mind thinks about songs. Very visual. And I have an idea like, oh, this song is, you know, a dusty highway and a 50s looking diner on the side of the road and that's what I'm thinking and so um, I'll probably try to create lyric videos for most of the songs on the album and getting those visuals together helps me know what I want to film just on my own to get that visual for each individual song who's producing these videos is this all you um the last two lyric videos were me it's just something that I love doing and having songs gives me the chance to be creative and try but I have collaborated with other videographers for the official music videos not the lyric videos but yeah lyric videos are yeah because you're in some of them so it's like how are you doing that oh yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so I'll work with my husband Steven and he's filmed pieces of the lyric videos that I'm in and then I'll film the other pieces and then I'll piece it all together and add the lyrics add the filters and it's just really fun for me it's not you know, my profession isn't videographer, but I right, right. love doing it. So Yeah, man. In this day and age, if you want to be a singer-songwriter, you gotta, you gotta know how to do it all. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I have been thinking about that a lot because I think even artists that are maybe signed to a major label have to do so much legwork now. Oh, yeah. It's it's a full You signed that three sixty deal, it's over, man. That's all <laughs> on you. The yeah, you bulk have of to, the responsibility is on you. You have to be your own business advocate. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you can have great people supporting you, but you're the one creating the art. So 
if you don't have that sense, then you never know what can happen. So, Well, not only that, one of the crazy things these days is because social media is like such a big thing and creating new content is such an important thing for singer-songwriters. People that used to just pick up a guitar, sing, and play live now have to be a videographer. They have to be a sound engineer. They have to be... Um, you know, social media manager. They also have yeah. to be a press person. They have to be a photographer. You have to be everything or you have to know those people. Right. True. Yeah. <laughs> I have one of my very best friends from college is a designer mm. and I've worked with her and we've collaborated on a lot of projects. But obviously it's you know business. We have our business like I guess I would be her client. Business you know, relationship. Business relationship. Yeah. Yes. Um, not just friendship, but having someone that I know so well to mm. be able to tell her the direction I want to go in. And she's very talented. So that's helped for sure to know that person. Right, right. Relationships are really, really important when you're creating something. Um, you know, all of my experience, most of my experiences with musicians helping them, you know, doing the same thing that you did with Tommy, like, mm-hmm. you know, getting their vision into reality you know what I mean and like knowing someone up front so that it isn't just like a cold you know relationship right is really important because then you know what they want to do you know their intention yes you know Where without them having to specifically dictate it right and that's like priceless man yeah oh sure. it definitely is because you've you've worked with lots of artists as well on their EPs and I'm sure it's having yeah. to build that relationship beforehand and then yeah. you're like oh I know what they're looking for in the yeah. studio Sometimes it's just a conversation, you know what I mean? But like, you know, so many people are just like $30 an hour, $50 an hour, $100 an hour for studio time, you know, $500 for a mix. That's it. I'm in and out. But like, Mm -hmm. it needs to be less of a business. At least this is just my own perspective on things. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to help someone create something, it really needs to be less of a business and more of like a, like you were saying, like a collaboration. Yes. Because you guys are putting your blood, sweat and tears into this music you know, it can't just be yeah. about dollars and cents or else there's no soul. It's very know? personal. Art yeah. is very personal. And that both of your names are going to be on that work. Right. So if it's just a business transaction and you don't really like the finished product as the producer, then it's why did you work on it? You know, yeah. so it makes sense to really get a feel for what they're for, for sure. what they're going for. Yeah, especially if you have if you have the luxury of being able to pick and choose. It is really mm. it is really I mean, like. Sometimes you just got to press record. Sometimes you got to pay yeah. the bills. Oh, yeah. We all have to pay the bills for <laughs> yeah, sure. For sure. I mean, yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about your songwriting process. I ask that yes. to every singer songwriter that comes in through here. And you, you touched on a little bit about the visuals. But like mm-hmm. when it comes down to putting this ink on this paper, right. you know, how does that come about? I was thinking about this the other day because it's, it's a great question yeah. and it's something that I need to be prepared to answer. But I... And the thought that came to mind was that I'm a very emotional writer. Sure. I can tell that I'm about to write a song a couple of days ahead of time. And yes, there are times when I'll sit down and intentionally, okay, I need to write right now. But right. some of my favorite songs that I've been able to write are things that happen because something happened or I experienced something or I read something. And then all of a sudden one day I just know it's it's time to go write. And I'll be like crying and like Whoa. writing this song. And then it's done. And sometimes I write a song in 10 minutes, like the song... Um, one of my songs called Train that's going to be on uh, the new album that I'm releasing. I wrote that in 10 minutes. But I had this idea that I wanted to write the song a couple years before. So sometimes it's just these ideas that come to mind in advance. And then mm. I don't know if I'm going to write it for a few more years. And then all of a sudden, Whoa. like, the song will happen. And then sometimes I'll start a song and think, oh, no, this is terrible. And then maybe I'll come back to it three years later and finish it, or I'll write something over a long period of time. So I wish I had a more clear-cut answer to how this happens, but it definitely just feels like, wow, like this song, it's a gift, and I'm excited to be able to sing it now. So that's how I feel. That's interesting the way that you describe yourself as an emotional writer and that you respond to things in your life. I'm, I'm kind of kind of bridging gaps here but and correct me if i'm wrong but it seems like you react to things in your life with your songwriting yes very much so (laughs) when you're throwing down these lyrics are you writing first i'm writing at the same time usually lyrics and melody kind of putting it all together at the same time there's definitely exceptions to this like i think as a writer you can't just assume that 
you're going to get this inspiration yeah. all the time. So you have to like be intentional and do writing exercises and sure. practice your instrument and try new chords and all of that. But for the songs that just kind of happen, it's at the same time. So tell me about this song, Train. I had this idea back when I was living in New York for a little while because I kept running to catch the subway and you know sometimes you'll miss it when like the door is closed yeah. two seconds before and you're like no and maybe you're with someone and they're on the train and, and they then go and you didn't and you're stuck there <laughs> so I always thought oh it'd be funny if I talked about trying to catch a train in some type of metaphor and then I saw the movie it's a kids movie inside out about the little girl who has the train of thought going around in her mind but <laughs> that's pretty much where the comparison stopped but I thought oh train of thought that would be a cool thread for a song so fast forward a couple of years I was thinking about relationships and some experiences that my friends were going through and some experiences that I was going through about trying to get on the same page with someone and trying to explain where you're coming from and when you're struggling with something and you really want the person closest to you to understand why you're struggling but you just can't explain it and it's really hard and you just are trusting that you you're gonna connect and you're gonna get on that same train of thoughts like in the song there's a line about getting in a cab and just driving around and around in circles and not just being stuck there but actually like getting to the train station and going where you need to go so that's the theme that's cool man i like that because you took you took something that you've experienced and then like extrapolated it into a song into something creative it's yeah it's pretty cool the train metaphor. I, yeah, I do those... talk about trains a lot in my songs because I think they're very picturesque. And even though you got to elaborate on that, like you're, <laughs> you're, you have more than one song about a train. Not about, but I'll have <laughs> lines with trains. Okay. But the secret is that usually, for example, there's a song um, that I will be re- releasing with this album. I keep talking about that, but no, 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 that's what's on my mind. So. Gotta, you gotta. Um, that there's a line about taking trains up and down the East Coast from New York to D.C. Mm. But I actually never really took the train. I took the Greyhound bus because the train's too expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I guess I could work the Greyhound bus into the song. It's just too many syllables. Yeah, and and bus is just worse than a train. Trains just sound like the dreamy aspect yeah of they're more romantic for sure yes, like the orient yes. express or something like that yeah <laughs> the polar express going through yeah. the snowy mountains there know. is something very romantic about a train yes you know that that old school feel even though modern trains are just you know they're like airplanes with without wings mm, you know they true. just go yes but um <laughs> they cost about just as much as an airplane ticket. <laughs> sometimes sometimes yeah for sure um so yeah let's hear the song okay sounds good to go, nor the right place to be, but my mind is tangled on the tracks that lead to what we need, fighting with all my heart, letting go of false starts, find it hard to shake the rhyme, it might take a bit more time, and we've been running circles in this town, caught a cab and rode it. Round and round and I know I've been driving you insane But we will, we will catch that train Tired of talking to myself Wanna be with you and no one else Chasing down a perfect ending Still working out the beginning and we've been running circles in this town caught a cab and rode it round and round and i know i've been driving you insane but we will we will catch that train wires crossed seeing colors one thought and the other help me draw the line where you and I collide cause we've been running circles in this town caught a cab and rode it round and round and I know I've been driving you insane but we will we 
that train Oh, we've been running circles in this town Caught a cab and rode it round and round And I know I've been driving you insane But we will, we will catch that train Oh, we will, we will catch that train I say this a lot after people play music in here, but that is a great song. And I do Thank I you. do really I do really like the train metaphor. And yeah, man, it's a it's a good one. You mentioned that this is gonna be on your next album. Yes. Right? Have you gone into production for that yet? Not yet. It's still in pre production with it's very in the early stages. Oh, okay. But after I'm doing a Kickstarter campaign right now, so after that's done, mm-hmm. then uh, I will be heading into the studio. Oh, nice. Where are you going to record? This album will actually be recorded in a few different places with different contacts, people that I've met along the way. So sure. Train will be recorded in L.A. And, oh, nice. Um, then I'm working on the album in New York and Nashville as well because I can easily drive there. Yeah, yeah. Too, so. Well, not easily, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, easier than L.A. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. What studio in L.A.? Um, I'm working with a producer named Sean Cook. And also uh, Charlotte Martin. Hmm. Charlotte Martin has been my vocal coach for the past few months. She does actually online vocal lessons. I had the opportunity to open for some of her shows a few years ago. Oh, nice. And her voice is incredible. And then she started doing some vocal lessons. And I was like, I need to hear what she has to say and learn from her. So I'm really excited to work with her, too. Yeah, well, it is your your voice. And I I wrote this down um, as part of my notes. Your voice is um, very unique. A from a from an engineer's point of view, um, your voice is love and reverb, man. Yeah, especially with, <laughs> I do love reverb. <laughs> yeah, with the newer stuff, it's just some voices just lend themselves better to reverb. Mm. Um, it's usually the you know more pristine sounding, clean sounding voices that that kind of like that, lean into it um, a little more. But the one thing that I noticed about your voice, especially in that track, Gold is that mm. it has a very almost like haunting feel in mm. the lower register. And then when you get up higher and hit like falsetto notes, that's when it kind of blooms into something else. Mm. And I really I really thought that that was very unique about at least that vocal performance in gold. Thank you. Um, was that something that you, is that something that you do intentionally? Do you practice that or is that just natural? I, I do practice a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um especially, you know, in taking these coaching lessons. She's given me a lot of exercises and always growing up knew like, okay, I need to warm up my voice and exercise it as though I'm going to the gym. But in gold, for example, I, one of the reasons why I wanted to try that kind of ethereal direction was because I knew that that was the kind of texture of my voice. Mm. And so I thought, oh, that might lend itself well. Um, in that style so it's really cool that you mentioned that because that was kind of it was what I was going for oh nice yeah and then like not only not only the lead vocal but the the texture that you built around it with with all the the vocal overdubs like the the background vocals I'm assuming Mm -hmm. that you laid those down yourself too man the the texture is very lush it's very full it reminds me of an artist named um what's her name Kiara do you know her oh um she also has a song called Gold, oh. by the way. <laughs> gold? There's a lot of songs called yeah. Gold, but it's a good title. Yeah, a- <laughs> but like she she, she does it, she leans a lot heavier into um, more of the synth stuff. And then her producer chops her vocal up. Okay. And she has like trap beats and stuff like that. But like just the way that you laced your vocals together with, with your background vocals, it's that same like really lush feel. I, nice. I really I need to listen to her that. track gold then. Yeah. Her older list. Yeah, her older record is better. Her new stuff is a little it's a little too vulgar for me. But like okay. the you should listen to the song Gold. It I will. Is, yeah, for it's, sure. It's for real sure. good. Um but yeah very panoramic is is how I would describe it. It's a good one. Um so for train though, what do you picture for this song in regards to the production of it. Right. So it'll be a hybrid, not completely cinematic sounding sure. and not completely acoustic, but a little bit, a little bit of a 
electric pop feel, but there would definitely be acoustic guitar. Oh, okay. I, I really wanted to bring guitars back in. Yeah, music, yeah. For sure. Going and back I love, to your roots. Right? I love the guitar. Yes. Yeah. So I always kind of imagined that an album could be more than one thing because it's so long. So right. there's time to say what you want to say. And I, you know, you don't have to do albums in this day and age, mm-hmm. but I've always thought that I wanted to tell this full story and right. share the whole picture. And with an EP, you can't quite get there. Yeah. So I just thought I, at least once I want to be able to tell the full story. So, so what story are you telling with this? Because this is, this yeah. is a, this is a thing that I feel very strongly about. Okay. Um, I miss the album. Um, oh, good. Yeah. I was talking to a couple weeks ago. I forget exactly what day, but I was talking to another singer songwriter named Catriella. And oh, yeah. she has a crazy great voice, which is, I, I love. Um, but we were talking about how people release singles and they release an EP. So they yes. do single shots and they do like a EP of five. Right. And that's kind of been the trend, you know, for at least indie artists. That's mm. how they release their music. But you are also an indie artist, but you're going for the full the full experience. And I like that. Yeah, I think finances go into that a lot. Yeah, that's I true. I think too. indie artists would do albums if if we had the 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 budget the money yeah. the budget i'm like what is the uh professional word here yeah. <laughs> but yes i i think that uh i will definitely have people involved with this one through the kickstarter to, mm. to make it possible sure um, so but as far as the, the story goes i also i listened to that episode that you're mentioning oh, okay. with yeah. loved it so good but um the story is i can't say the title because i'm not yeah. telling anyone the title until okay. it releases so that's okay. a secret that would explain more but I really wanted to be able to give a picture of because I write songs about so many different things like I write songs about relationships I write songs about loss or hope or inspiration or my faith and so I wanted everything to have a chance to come together because I think as people we're not just one thing like we're not just love songs we're not just a song that we would sing in church but that we can put these things together and and share like ourselves and so that's what i wanted the album to tell to or that's what i want it to it hasn't happened yet so yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see if i succeed <laughs> but <laughs> yeah it is kind of like a snapshot of all the songs that you have inside of you yes yeah yeah that's little, interesting. a little bit of everything i like that um so are all the songs written yes Yes, oh. they have been for a while now. So, so you I'm are ready. Itching to go record yeah. <laughs> for sure. Well, I think I think that's that's one of the things, right? Um, some people, and granted, this is you know artists that have a lot of budget. Some people will go in to the studio with half finished songs mm-hmm. and then finish them in the studio as they as they work it out. You know, some some people just have the luxury of doing that. Um, but you are coming in prepared, and that as an engineer. I love it. When the artist has a clear vision of what they want, it is so much easier for everybody else. And then like everybody on the outside, you get their opinion, you get their ideas, and then you can really start working together. But if you don't know what you want, then where are you going? You know what I mean? You need a real rock star producer to kind of like yank that vision out of you sometimes. Right. Because it's even interesting talking about it now because I know that it's all going to form in a couple months. And so- If the podcast was after that, then I might have totally different things to say. Yeah, but that's another it's, thing. It's right? cool to see it in process. So, yeah. yeah, that's cool, man. So you have these ten songs, right? Yes. And all ten of them are telling a different part of a cohesive story. So it's like yes. conceptually, it is like a concept album, right? In a sense, I think there's definitely those classic concept albums that yeah. I'm not sure it's quite there. You know, right. it's not like a rock opera or something <laughs> like that. I would love to do that, but because there aren't that many albums these days, I think when you create one, unless you're just throwing songs together because you have the budget, mm-hmm. then you kind of want it to be in some sort of theme and feeling. And yeah. so... A little bit intentional. Yes. So yeah. the theme, it actually has a... The title is inspired by the Narnia series. Definitely imagine, like, in a lot of those Narnia books, they're on this journey and this this adventure, so to speak, but mm-hmm. it goes through all these different challenges and pieces and parts. And so I want the songs to link together in a similar fashion, not quite as fairy tale esque. Yeah. It'll be more real and modern. Mm. But I love that idea of being on that long term journey hmm. of life. <laughs> I do like that too, though. So. I mean, that is we're all on that journey together, right, exactly. anyway, right? So yeah, man. Um, 
So I was listening to all of your, you know, all of your music on the YouTube and watching the videos and stuff. And one of the one of the songs that stood out to me was a, a song called Climate. Yes. And this was like a little bit older. Mm-hmm. I think 2016 or something like that. Yes. Around there. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I noticed about that song was you had cello parts written. Yes. Yeah. And the way that you reveal the the cello, um, at least in the video and in the music, was that you walk past like, mm-hmm. you know, cello players that are playing it and you snuck in the, the yeah. cello parts like that. I thought that was really cool. Thanks. Yeah, man. How'd you come up with that? So I worked in the studio with a cellist, one cellist, and we layered his parts because um, I just love cello. Mm. To me, it's such a beautiful instrument. And I yeah. love anytime I can get a real cellist. It's like a dream. For sure. So I got the really cool opportunity to work with a uh, film company from L.A. who they really wanted to come to the East Coast and film a video for their portfolio because they wanted East Coast footage. And so they found me in Alexandria and were like, oh, this is like East Coast because it's very East Coast, you know, (laughs) Potomac River in D.C. Sure, sure. And so they flew over here and we filmed that together. And it, it got me it gave me the chance to think about the beauty and the place that I live and look at it through new eyes because I think, ooh, California, the desert. I love that aesthetic, you right, know, but right. they're thinking, oh, East Coast, we want some of that aesthetic in our work. So one of the things that I really wanted to put into the song was the idea of when you're walking around and you're hearing a song in your head, when you're writing it or you're coming up with a part, you usually just hear it in your mind. And so there is these uh, super talented, they aren't high school students anymore, but they were high school students at the time, mm-hmm. cellists, and they came to be on the video and they were wonderful they played the part right, um, right. can't exactly hear it but they were playing the yeah. song and a woman well, that has to line up has yes to line yes up with the music. So they were yeah. playing it and they're so wonderful and there was a woman walking her dogs we were down by the potomac river and mm-hmm. there's a woman walking her dog and she goes well i've never seen anything down by the <laughs> river like this you know it was such a strange thing to walk yeah. past i'm sure but <laughs> i do a lot of sound design for my for my work and um one of one of the things that that we say as sound designers is uh see a cat hear a cat so like when you see something on screen mm. it should definitely have a noise right yes and then when you see the cellist and then you hear the cellist and and the, that relates the completely part, yeah. yeah wow i really do like that um yeah. Uh, another thing that I wanted to comment on is your lyricism. You're very uh, picturesque in your writing mm-hmm. as well. It's like very visual writing. Like um, you're describing things that you would see. Yes. As opposed to talking about things conceptually. Mm-hmm. And I do like that as well. I've always loved writing. And I used to write in my journal all the time as a kid. Like I was a pretty quiet kid growing up. And so writing things out was my way of like letting it all out. Sure. That's dangerous too, though. You don't want people reading your journals. Don't do that anymore. Got a lock on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so I would write things verbatim like, this is what happened and mm. this is the color shirt they were wearing and keep an eye out for it. No, just kidding. Just kidding. But um, so when I started writing songs, like there's a song that I'll be, an- another song that I'll be putting on the album, yeah, but it's yeah. called Drift. And there's, a coffee shop, the porch steps, um, a fire, like a campfire, you know, mm-hmm. just things or a bonfire, I guess would be the word. There's these very specific images and they're yeah. all real. Like when I seen them, I know those are the porch steps um, of the house that I lived in in college. Mm. And so I don't really intend to do that. It's just what I have to work with. So hmm. that's how it happens. <laughs> I do like it, though. Your music is easy to listen to because the lyrics that you say the or lyrics that you sing it translates into something visual right away. Mm. Like one of the things that I um, that I remember is um, in the song "The Storyteller" or "Storyteller," right? Yes, yeah. You have this line about um, pressing you in the pages of a book or pressing you in a book. I really resonated with that lyric. I don't know why, because like you do that with flowers, right? Yes. You put flowers yeah. in the book and then you yeah. you close them. And um, I don't know why when I was when I was listening to it, and then again with the visual you're like in a library and you're like touching the spines of books and stuff yeah. and pulling them out. Yeah, that was like a very um striking lyric and I like stuff like that. Thanks. Well, thanks for listening to the lyrics cuz I know not everyone listens to lyrics now, you know. It's yeah. like got to get the beat, which I'm all yeah. about a good beat. No, no, but... me too, but I mean <laughs> lyrics lyrics are where songs live. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's my like true love is the lyrics for sure. You can have a bad song with a good lyric and it will still be a good like you can have bad music with great lyrics and you can elevate a song like that 
but you can't have a great song with bad lyrics and it's just sound like you know what I mean? Like although you hear a lot of that on the radio and stuff, but like <laughs> you can't have it. Yeah, those songs don't those songs don't stand the test of time. You yeah. know, the songs with the strong lyricism are the ones that we the ones that we remember, the yeah. ones that we resonate with. Yeah, it is. They really speak and then the the music is a part of it. But it's all kind of one thing and the lyrics have to be there yeah. for it to resonate. That's why songwriting is such a such a challenge sometimes because you have the lyrics that you need to you know convey right mm. but then at the same time it doesn't always fit in the meter of your music yeah <laughs> yeah and then so like sometimes forcing lyrics into a song that the song is like kind of pushing back on it just in the, the mathematical nature of you know bars and beats and stuff like that do you ever come across that kind of a struggle where your lyrics are just like your the lyrics and the music are just like not they're not working together? Oh yeah, I used to write super wordy songs because I would write long journal entries. Right. So trying to put those into songs, way too many words, way too many. And so over time my my writing got a little more um succinct mm. <laughs> and okay, I can shorten that line, take out these five words. But even with a song that I just wrote recently, called lion on the highway there's a lot of words and i wanted there to be a lot of words because mm. i'm trying to tell this story but my vocal coach sat with me and she didn't change any of the lyrics or the meaning of the song but she said like oh you can take out that the or you can take out that because or that that you know and we just pulled out these extra words yeah. and the song was way better so it's crazy how when you're the one writing it you're like no 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 it needs that the yeah <laughs> but yeah. it doesn't actually you can take it out and it has the same right. meaning and it's a much cleaner composition so i like having people look at my wor uh, words for that sense because i can't always see it and i need someone to tell me like you can take that out it's okay <laughs> so you're co-writing with your vocal coach um not yet i mean we i would love to co-write with her at some point for sure but um she just told me like oh okay okay you don't need that like i the song was already written and mm -hmm. she's she said you don't need that extra oh, okay, okay. You know, word <laughs> yeah. um, because she was helping me sing it. And so she said, well, you're trying to like sing an extra word and it's, a me you know, messing up your pitch there or something. So right. then she, when we take it out, it's like, oh, so much easier to sing. So much space. Yeah. yeah. You, you can breathe. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes the space means a lot more than trying to stuff extra things in. Yeah. I guess silence or not silence, but space in a song mm -hmm. is really important too. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, you don't always have to be singing. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You don't always have to be, yeah, you don't always have to be singing sometimes. I mean, that's the beauty of music. Yeah. You know, if it's spoken word poetry and you're not saying something, you know, then it, then it becomes radio silence and becomes really awkward for the audience <laughs> listening and stuff like that. But with music, you can fill that in and let. Yeah. Uh, with the music, let yeah. the music breathe. I did hear a, uh, or I read a quote once about the margins on the pages. If you're writing out in a book and there was no margin then the words would like go up to the very end of the page oh, and yeah. be like harder to read but when you give things space to breathe then they're like easier to digest so i always thought of that i like that a lot man that's a yeah. that's a great that's a great not concept. my original idea but i've kept it with me <laughs> yeah yeah less is more sometimes for sure mm -hmm. so tell me about this song the lion on the highway yeah so this song is a very real story that happened on the way we were on a road trip on the way to my grandma's funeral and we encountered a woman whose car had broken down on the side of the road and I won't tell too too many details because it's a very long story but I, I want to like protect the situation sure. but our paths encountered and she was in the process of escaping from something really really hard in her life and the song while not literal well I, ju I just said it was literal but it's not like literally about her but it was more about the experience and how when our paths crossed, I think I related in other ways, um, not the same experience that she was going through, but things that I was going through, like with the loss of my grandma and how things have been going on in life. So the lyrics are very much, they have a lot of double meaning to mm -hmm. them. And so it's really about breaking free from something that is just uh, not good in your life and, and having the strength to find that freedom and to move into that new season. So. There's a hidden meaning behind the title, but I'll probably share it when I release the song because right. there's a, I don't know if it should be going on the internet yet. It's just, it was such a wild situation that right, right. I never would have planned. So, yeah. Yeah, man. So you want to play it? 
Sounds great. I will. You wake up where you never thought you'd be Shadows in the kitchen on a Friday evening Phone in your head, can't seem to breathe Somebody tell me this isn't happening When you're 18, you still got a dream But it starts to fade, it starts to bleed Till you're out on the highway with blood on your sleeves Wondering where the road signs lead When you're on the run Something's gotta change When nothing can erase where you've been Feeling done with all the give and take Cause everything you gave was spent Heard there's a grace that meets you where I don't wanna believe In a love like that, a seat at the table, a place to hang your hat Knows what we need before we ask And you know what you've been in the desert too long Down on your knees, need a new song Please don't believe that you're too far gone for freedom When you're on the run Something's gotta change When nothing can erase where you've been Feeling done With all the give and take Cause everything you gave was spent We're going back to the heart of it We're going back to the heart of it now We're going back to the heart of it we're going back to the heart of it now We're going back to the heart of it 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 Something's gotta change When nothing can erase Where you've been Feeling done With all the give and take Cause everything you gave Was spent We're going back to the heart of it We're going back to the heart of it now We're going back to the heart of it we're going back to the heart of it now. We're going back to the heart of it. 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 Yeah, man, that's another great song. And like you were saying, it is it does get a little wordy in places, right? Mm -hmm. But then you do let it breathe with guitar. Yes. And the way that your voice breaks into those falsetto parts, really, really nice. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I really like that. Um, so, yeah, tell me about the songwriting process for that song in particular. It's definitely a hard thing to write about and... The song was written in just a couple days again. I, I had this idea for a melody a few months before, but I had no idea what it was going to be for. Right. And then one day I realized, oh, that's going to be for this song yeah. and then started writing it. So the pieces definitely came together pretty quickly because it was, again, something that I needed to react to that happened in my life. Right. A lot of things like if I don't write about them, then I'm going to eventually. It's just part of living for me. Experience and react through my writing yeah that's a that's a good way to react though it's very positive it's mm. you know it's very cathartic right oh absolutely I know, I know what it's like uh especially when songs don't come very naturally and you're working at them and tooling at them do you ever struggle with that like just oh yeah song just sucks for yeah, a long time absolutely there's songs that i've written and i realize no, this is not happening right now, or this is just not good. And I can tell, or I'll like 
play it for someone that's close to me and they'll mm. say uh no yeah. <laughs> and i'm like well that's when i know it's not getting good so <laughs> well do but. you do you ever give up on songs yes i have a lot of songs that i've written that were decent songs actually like they're not bad it's just that they weren't good enough to stick around and maybe they'll come back in, in some way like when i go back through my voice memos and find it like maybe it, it just needs something else i need to experience something else or i need to change some chords and it'll be a new song but there are times when it just doesn't happen so yeah. you have to let it let it be let it sleep for yeah, a little it bit it doesn't need to be something that it's not too soon i mean for people that don't write songs they don't understand how how personal and emotional that journey is mm -hmm. and to put a song to rest. And I've done that too, you know, personally with my own music to put a song to rest is like, man, it's like old yeller style. It's like putting down a dog. Like it is tough. Cause it's like, you've poured out what's inside of you onto this paper and to come to grips with the reality that it sucks or <laughs> it is not right. It's or, not the right one yet. Or yeah. sometimes like your own musicianship is holding you back. Yeah, man, it is a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to deal with. Yeah, it's uh, definitely the, the full experience where sometimes it's great and sometimes it's just not there yet. So yeah. Sometimes I found that songs come in pairs like I'll not have written something for a while and then I'll write something and then I'll just be in that mood. And so I'll write another one. Right. It's like, oh, OK. Do you set aside time for for writing? Because you said you're like a very emotional writer. So do you only write when it's like something happens? So I got to like respond to it. Or do you do you take time to like, OK, this songwriting time? A little bit of both. If the songs are coming, right. then it doesn't maybe it doesn't need to be quite as scheduled. Right, right. So it's a little bit of both for sure. Hmm. But I think there is something about maybe you write the song when you're emotional and then you look at it with a more critical eye later. Like, OK, is it, are these chords? Do I need to add in something more interesting? Do I need to, like, adjust this melody a little bit so it doesn't sound like another song that I wrote? Right, right. So you just write it and then maybe look at it with a more, like, critical eye later. Yeah. So that, you, you just mentioned something interesting. Like, you'll write and you'll be like, uh oh, this sounds this sounds just like another song that I wrote. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I mean, there are only, there are only 12 notes. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So how do you, how do you deal with that? Because that is a thing. I think there is a sense where like you have a style as a, as an artist or a writer. So it's kind of okay if there's different threads that are similar throughout songs, because sometimes people like something and that's why they're going to go back to it. But it can be easy to fall in the trap of, same chord progression and that's when those scheduled writing sessions are good because mm. maybe you're actually sitting down and coming up with new progressions or researching new technique that you can add in to help differentiate it yeah. so if I do that sometimes I'll just pause and then I'll come back and try to change the melody or take the chords in a little bit of a different direction and usually like there's so many cool things you can do you can like add a bridge that goes out of the key or yeah. modulate yeah, or something like that. yeah yeah so it i think yes and especially in pop music like you might have these time-tested well-loved chord progressions mm -hmm. that you don't want to stray too far from yeah because um, then it sounds too weird and people don't want right, to do it it's yet. not gonna be full out jazz like there is a reason why those progressions like yeah. pull on our heartstrings or tug on our heartstrings but um just adding a little something new to each one is something that I'm still working on, to be yeah. honest, looking into what I can do to switch things up as I yeah. write more because yeah. it's fine the first, you know, 20 songs. And then after that. <laughs> and then it also, it also stretches you as a musician. Cause like in the beginning you are kind of locked into the, the chords, you know, you know, like G, C, D, E minor, like the, the basic chords. Right. But then as you hit that wall, you're like, if I want to write, more varied stuff i need to learn more chords and then your musicianship grows then your songwriting grows it's a very symbiotic relationship it's pretty mm -hmm. nice um you mentioned uh playing songs for for people that are close to you to get their opinion on the songs and stuff like yes. that do you ever co-write with anybody um, or is it just all you i i have here and there but that's something that i want to get into more mm. for sure so i i haven't on any of the music that i've released if that makes sense. would love to have some co-writing sessions for yeah. sure. There are a bunch of uh, talented artists out in this area. There man. are. Absolutely. And I'm just like getting to know, you know, so many of them through just through the podcast. Um, yeah, it's a, 
You don't have to go to Nashville sometimes to get that songwriting done. Yeah, you Very just true. look around. There's a bunch of talent here. Yeah, and with the internet, there's, you know, you don't have to live in yeah. one place yeah, you Skype, to share your music with Skype people. Skype it up, mm-hmm. yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, man, we've been talking for a minute. Is there anything that you wanted to cover or anything else that you wanted to talk about? Well, I am running a Kickstarter campaign right now for this new full-length album until March 24th. So that's... What I've been doing and what I'm focusing on right now, it's yeah. very exciting. And Are you getting close? Um, we're at 77% as of today, um, but today there's 15 days left. So probably when this releases, it'll be a little more down to the wire. So yeah. It's just been amazing, though, the people that I've gotten to talk to since releasing it. It's very cool. Very amazing thing, just people's generosity and that they're a part of this project now you know it's not just something that i'm making but they are making it with me and it's it's like almost more fun that way yeah i mean it is like a you're partnering yeah with someone you're also uh playing out uh on march 21st yes yeah i'm opening for an artist named josh garrels at union stage yeah man well it was a really insightful conversation you are a very um intentional songwriter and I love the way that your songs come together with your visuals and your whole process is very, very unique. And you have a great voice and you have a great sound. And I just really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come by the podcast, share your music and um, just to have this conversation. This was a total blast and it was really great talking with you. Yeah, man. Rory, ladies and gentlemen. And there you have it. The 20th episode of the Lucha Lounge podcast is in the books. It was such a pleasure to have Rory in studio, and I can't wait to hear her upcoming album. If you'd like to see what she's up to, you can follow her on Instagram at Rory Music. That's at R-O-R-I-E Music. If you'd like to support the Kickstarter for her upcoming album, please visit RoryKickstarter.com. If you want to support the Lucha Lounge podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at Lucha Lounge Network. Well, I guess that's it. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.